Some days are terrible, you wish that you were dead And some days are magical, like great banana bread Someday we'll be friends with the voices in our heads The voices in our heads Hi, you guys! Man, you didn't kill yourselves! That's so great! Welcome to the voices in our heads. I'm Christina Hutchinson. I didn't kill myself either. We're all here. Good for us. Hey, you know what I want you to do right now? I want you to pat yourself on the shoulder. We're not killing yourself. I think that's pretty brave. <laughs> Thanks for listening to me. I, I can't tell if I'm offending people with all the suicide talk. I'm just way too comfortable talking about suicide. Um, and I think it's, it's, I've just wanted to kill myself so many times. <laughs> and, and, and then, but while I have that thought, I'm like, you fucking pussy, you're not doing it. And I never, I really never would. But I just, I know some people who won't kill themselves because they're narcissistic. Um, and that's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> okay, come see me live if you're in the following areas. I'm going to do the show thing really quick because I feel like I've been taking too much time on it and I listen back and I get annoyed at myself. So, this weekend, San Diego, I'm headlining American Comedy Company. Justin Silver is going to be featuring for me. And in New York City, December 2nd, Corinne Fisher and I are doing a residency at Caveat in the Lower East Side. This is a very important show because important people are going to be there watching. That's all I'm going to say. Um, so if you want to come and participate and you're cool and fun and funny, that's the show you should come to. And if you're not any of those things, don't come to that fucking show. Um, and you'll you'll see what we mean later. Uh, and if you are in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, hand me the Wawa Higgy in the Gobbler. Oh, it's Gobbler season, kids. Philly, February 6th of the 8th, I'm headlining Helium. And I'm bringing along a comedian named Ryan Long. And um, there was some, a comedian tweeted out, wait, it was a female comedian. Oh, I hate saying female. It was a female comedian. Um... What the fuck female comedian? Oh, it was Jen Kirkman, I think? No, it wasn't Jen Kirkman. See, again, I knew I was going to come on a microphone, and I'm just here guessing. But a female comedian uh, tweeted out a, a couple weeks ago that, uh, hey, comics, don't bring a, com a younger comic on the road to feature for you if you're just trying to fuck them. And um, that's, like, really fucked up, and don't worry, we all talk. It was something like that. It kind of sounded a little threatened, threatening, thready. But at the same time, I feel like I know a lot of douchebag male comics who would do that to young female comics. But then at the same time, I'm like, I would have been one of those young female comics. And if I wanted to fuck the guy, I would have fucked him. Like if, 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 if I was a young, actually, that's, I've been a, I was a young comic once. I was green. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I sucked a lot in the beginning. I sucked a lot. People, my friends will tell you I didn't, but they're lying. I did. And, um, older comics that were more experienced i was sexually attracted to them because that's i find them funny and i think funny is hot and so if an older comic would have brought me on the road actually a couple older comics did bring me on the road and they didn't try to fuck me they actually really tried to show me the ropes and that was wonderful but if one that i was attracted to tried to bang i would have said yes anyway um i was i'm bringing um a comedian along for my show in philadelphia and i it's a guy his name is ryan long this will probably get back to him. I don't care. But I <laughs> I asked him to feature for me in Philly because I thought it was hot. And I was like, maybe we'll fuck. <laughs> and then I read that tweet and like Nikki Glazer shared that tweet. It's like, yeah, that's really fucked up, guys. And I'm like, yeah, it's really fucked up, guys. Don't do that. <laughs> Can I tell you? Can I tell you something? Last night I got high with my with my friend, 
my friend Aya, who's a wonderful lady, she's a makeup artist. I say lady, that makes her sound like she's 60, but she's like 30. Um, she's a makeup artist. She did the makeup on my short films. And um, and she had a dinner party. It was me, her, and her boyfriend. Two people couldn't make it, but, um, but it was really fun. It was like so nice to have an adult evening of good conversation. Good conversation makes the world go round. I, that's why I love podcasts. And I mean, this, I don't know if this is what you're hearing right now is good conversation because uh, I'm just, you know, word farting into a microphone. But, um, but it was a really nice evening. And, um, and we had smoked some marijuana. And I, it was one that I've never smoked before. And I got really high. And then I took an Uber back. I was going from Brooklyn to, to Manhattan. And uh, I thought I was getting kidnapped because I saw a video on an Instagram account of this woman who was taking an Uber in a suburb of some city. I don't know if it was like a suburb of Boston or something. And the Uber drive, it was in the middle of the day and she was taking this video and posted it on her uh, social media about how this Uber driver was taking a wrong turn and she was like, oh, what the fuck? And then he drove into like a warehouse type place, like a fenced in warehouse lot. And she was like, what the fuck? And they basically like tried to kidnap her or something. And she ran away and she ran away screaming and she recorded a video about it and she was crying. She was really upset. And I was like, oh shit, that happens. Uh oh. And, um, and she presumed that they were trying to sell her into traffic, sex trafficking. Um, and you know, that might have been correct. And so I don't know why I had that story on my brain. And I usually don't get paranoid when I'm high. I'm usually like, hey, and that's about it. That's all you're gonna get out of me. And um, I was in an Uber, uh, picked me up and the guy called me and he's like, what's the address you're at? And I was like, and then I just immediately, I was like, this guy's gonna sex traffic me. And I told him, <laughs> but where, where, was the, where was the part of my brain that was like, abort, abort. You know what? It was being overrun by the part of my brain that's like, bitch, you're high. Relax. And that's how you get murdered. But did I, did I, I relaxed. I, I got in the car. I gave him my address and then he got there. And then a guy got out of the car and I got in and I was like, wait, I thought you were trying to find the place where I was at. You were just dropping somebody else off. That's, that was weird. And then I, I had, I, you don't know how many times I've done this, taking my phone out, taking the keypad out, dialed 911 had that motherfucking thumb hovering over that call button Ooh, i'm close even if you're gonna whack me in the face with a with a gun if you're gonna pistol whip me i'll still have time to press that button and um so i had 911 queued up on my phone thumb hovering over it and we're on this we're in brook i think we were in brooklyn <laughs> yeah we were in brooklyn and we were on one of those roads that was a highway but then on either side of the highway there was a local street that went by all these apartment complexes and that was we were on the local street and then all of a sudden we're stopped and i look up in, in front of the car and there's a white van there's a white van with his flashers blocking the whole lane and i was like this is the van i'm gonna get sex trafficked in uh-oh i was pretty chill because i really thought i was going to but then Again, I, I would say about 50% of me was like, yo, bitch, you go about to get sex trafficked. And you high as fuck. This ain't going to work out well. How are you going to escape? And then the other half of me was like, fucking relax. So I was both the whole way. And then a guy came out of a building, got into the van, opened the back of the van. I was like, this is where, this is my entrance, I guess. <laughs> I was waiting for him to come open the door. And I took my seatbelt off because I was like, if he does open the door, maybe I'll just, you know, lightning speed underneath his arms i'll just escape but no one kidnapped me i didn't get sex trafficked because i'm here so that was fun 
Hey, let's do some fuckboy theater. All right. This one's a fun one. Fuckboy theater. You know what? I'm going to say his real name. It's fucking Randy. Okay. He looks younger than a Randy, but his name is Randy. All right, let's read this fuckboy conversation with our good new pal, Randy. Can I get a martini with all gin, please? (laughs) Is there any way to make a martini, any other way to make a martini? Nope, only way. As long as you come with the martini. Well, aren't you a smooth talker, winky face? I love the feeling you get when stuffing blue cheese in an olive. Oh, I take my martinis with a twist. You missed it. Ha, I didn't. Oh, I'm just awkward, I guess. And tired. Shrug emoji. Ha ha, not at all. Blushy emoji. Also, olives are gross. That's why you stuff them filled. Ha ha, fair. Such a satisfying feeling. So I've heard. I can demonstrate. How romantic. That's me. I'll cuddle after. Don't worry. What if I prefer olives stuffed with red pepper? I can only stuff with one thing. Hmm. Damn. If you haven't figured out what that is yet, it's my dick. Yeah, thanks for clarifying. Glad I can help. To be honest, I just want a good rub down. How does that work in the martini metaphor? I drink a martini while you wrap your lips around my cock. Oh, I see. I guess my lady brain can't quite keep up with the subtleties of your metaphor. (laughs) Your lady brain is better than mine. Goddamn right. Yeah, probably. Be humble at least. Damn. Shrug emoji. You picking up what I'm putting down with the metaphors? I'm not sure what you mean. <laughs> punch this guy. Drinking martinis and messing around. Messing around? You mean like an onion instead of an olive in our martinis? I've heard that's pretty good. I can't with you. Just building it up, lol. Ha ha, smiley face. Teasing. Trust me, I can do better, but need some things. Like what? Well, you to be here. Ah, you probably also need a cocktail shaker for those martinis. I actually hate you so much. I mean, you're the one that likened your dick to blue cheese and my vagina to an olive. What's a girl to do? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Wow. Wow. Wow, guys. How have we not killed ourselves yet? Ooh, hey, what if I did a musical? It's like, how have we not killed ourselves yet? The musical. <laughs> I think I would watch that. I think it's fucking great. Last night, I was watching a World War II documentary because I'm single. And then my friend tweeted at me and he's like, you sure it's not the other way around? I'm like, shut the fuck up. That's kind of funny. Probably it is. World War II sucked. And if you're a history nerd, you're like, yeah, duh. But wow, I wish that I got to experience all the things that I learned in high school later in life because I was so fucking tired as a as a 16, 17, 18 year old person 
Okay. And I wasn't even doing any drugs or drinking or anything. I was just tired from being here for that long. Like just being on the planet. I just was tired. I was a tired teenager. I also have Lyme's disease. So maybe it was that. I use Lyme's disease as it was probably Lyme's disease for every symptom of anything I have. I'll probably get cancer one day and be like, it's Lyme's disease. Don't worry about it. And then, oops. Um, knock on wood. Is that how that works? Uh, but yeah, I, um, I really loved... I wanted to want to love history more when I was in middle school and high school because I am actually interested in this shit. I think it's, it's war, World War One and World War Two. Those are, those are incredible events. Incredible, not in like a that's so great, but like, it's just awe. It's just we're man is capable of some shit, dude. Damn, there's the most stonery summary of World War Two. Yo, bro. Yo, we fuck shit up, dude. <laughs> now I'm a Mexican in California. Yeah, I don't mean to do that. Um, uh, yeah, I was just, I, I've been really into this World War II. What's it called? It's called um, The Greatest Events of World War II in Color, but color is spelled C-O-L-O-U-R. Ooh, because the narrator's British, so suck my dick. And it's on Netflix, and it's really fucking good. It's a docu-series. This shit is crazy. You know motherfuckers, and this isn't World War II because we had more advanced technology, now I'm like your new friend that's so obsessed with history will never shut the fuck up about it. Ugh. Um, but like in the earlier wars, motherfuckers just walked up to each other and just stabbed each other with the front of their gun. Trench warfare? You had to dig a hole and hide in it and wait until someone comes up and you stab them. That's how people got land. And they just murdered motherfuckers. And I think of that, and I'm like, all right, we're not doing that bad today. <laughs> sure, everyone's yelling at each other on the internet, but at least we're not fucking stabbing each other in the streets. We are stabbing each other in the streets, but that's that's a separate incident. That's not a war. I've heard some people say, like, we're, there's going to be another third world war. What the fuck? What, we have so much technology. What we we will annihilate each other. Like I just the I haven't gotten to the episode about dropping the bombs in Japan, and I didn't. I mean, I knew that Pearl Harbor was like a big deal, you know, because like that Ben Affleck movie. <laughs> just kidding. I have more respect for that for it than that. But um, I, I knew I knew of the details, kind of from high school. But I was such a tired teenager. I was so tired. This person that you are listening to right now, this body, this brain is not meant to function at eight in the fucking morning ever. And not let alone when I'm a confused teenager who didn't even know. I won't even realize I went through childhood trauma until tw 10 more years. And I was so confused and I had just I was just not in a good place in high school. I actually ended up liking high school. I did like high school the whole time. Um, but looking back at it, I'm like, that shit sucked. This is way better right now. But I've been really into World War II stuff. And uh, and I just can't believe how much we've annihilated populations. And the Jews, I mean, duh, the Holocaust. And fucking Stalin and motherfucking... They're, ooh. Somebody is... Uh, there's a giant in my apartment, in my building, and he's stomping around. I woke up not too long ago and um, I took a, um, a Unisom. It's U-N-I-S-O-M. I don't try to promote this. I don't know why I'm spelling it out for you. This is not, I'm not trying to be like, take a sleeping pill, kids. But uh, it's like a it's like a Z-Quil, I guess. And I take one of those every once in a while when I can't sleep. And, um, and when I wake up, sometimes I'm very cranky 
because it just puts me into this deep coma. I'm very weird with sleep. My friends used to know, like everybody knows not to talk to me in the morning. But they're, uh, so I'm very irritable right now. I, I was just on a conference call with Corinne and our managers and I, I was a little irritable. I was trying not to be, but I was just, I, you know, I don't know. I'm irritable. And once I get it in my head that I'm irritable and I like say it to, to myself, I get even more pissed off and someone is in this fucking hallway. I want to fucking punch someone. I do have that anger. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta retake that anger test. But like, you know when you want to be mad at somebody? Like, I want somebody to fucking fuck with me outside so I can annihilate them. And what do I mean by annihilate? I don't know yet. I've not tried it. I've not had physical confrontation with anybody before. But I dream of it sometimes. Sometimes I dream of beating the fuck out of somebody. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? But then... And then I wish you could take a time machine. Oh, that's a fun trip I would pay for. Beat the fuck out of somebody, but then go back in a time machine and then don't do it and then carry on from there. So it's like you got the pleasure of what it might feel like to beat the shit out of somebody, but then you get to undo it because then the guilt. See, this is why I have an anger problem, I think, because I, I express anger too much. Like when I do express it, it's too intense. And then I feel guilty over being intensely angry. And then I get mad at myself. And then it's like, just get away from me. I'm not going to be worth being around right now. <laughs> Glad I'm recording. Anyway, World War II, Greatest Events of Color. You should watch it. Man, this dinner party I had last night was so fun. It was really fun. You guys should... Okay, there's a life tip for your ass. Here's a life tip for your ass. Have a dinner party, dude. <laughs> Have a dinner party, dude. Fucking put weed in all the food and don't tell anybody. Invite kids. Don't do that don't do that that's that's terrible no but i i just i was we kept talking about all these random things uh at this dinner party and i was writing them down so i was like i want to like regurg like i want to re uh, resurrect these topics on the voices in our heads because i it was really funny we were talking about jared kushner who's a turd yo jared kushner don't worry guys he'll solve the opioid epidemic i used to work in luxury real estate i did not make money in it i made i think i made twenty eight thousand dollars a year that was my first job after college i got i temped at this real estate company called core and then uh, um, a woman hired me as her assistant and i was not good at it very bad assistant i was very bad i wanted to be good my enthusiasm was there my attitude see everybody loved me because i had a great attitude and i was fun but when they hired me they didn't realize i ain't got no work ethic with this shit because i'm not interested in it when i'm interested in something i work my fucking ass off in comedy but that's because i love it so much I, real estate throw me in the real estate world i'm drowning i don't know I, first of all i was just out of college i was so broke i wore oh my god i wore really shitty clothes to this job i was the receptionist at first i wore really bad clothes like forever 21 stained but like you washed it 27 times and it was had like those little fuzzies on everywhere all over the thing you can't even get them off with like one of those gloves girls know what I, girls my agent will know what i'm talking about <laughs> just really shitty clothes and these people were coming in with like fucking everything rag and bone dolce and gabbana fucking Yves saint laurent like just they would rebecca minkoff like all of these people that i had no idea i'm like oh, who's rebecca your friend who's that who's eve that's a cool name i didn't even know anything about nice clothes 
but these people made hundreds of millions of dollars. These people made millions of dollars and I was their receptionist and I made $28,000 and my clothes were from Forever 21 and they were stained. But it was a, it was a, it was a real estate uh, company and they did a lot of luxury shit. So I'm talking $50 million apartments, okay? I went in a $50 million apartment. One time I was in a $50 million apartment in Chelsea, Walker Tower, 212 West 18th Street. Um, the, top ha- the top floor went for 50 million dollars and guess who buys these they buy them sight unseen motherfuckers yeah i'm not trying to convince you to kill yourself but i'm just saying it's a miracle that we have it because wow the one percent really live well they buy this shit sight unseen that means that this motherfucker's over there in russia or china because that's mainly who bought these places that were this expensive russia or china sight unseen because they're just going to park their $50 million in the New York City real estate market, which won't go down. And when you buy, mm, now we're getting into smart people territory, at least according to me, because um, I brag about knowing these facts. Well, I used to brag about knowing these facts because it took me so long to feel comfortable in the real estate world that the second I got one tidbit of knowledge, I'm like, you guys didn't know that? <laughs> Losers. <laughs> I'm such a fucking, I'm such a turd. Anyway, Jared Kushner is why I bring this all up. <laughs> Jared Kushner's a little turd sack. I've met Jared Kushner. He's a developer. He, he his dad is a is a developer in the city. Uh, I worked for this developer JDS. This guy uh, Michael Stern, cool dude. Yo, Michael Stern. Let me tell you, I, I I I'm not saying anything bad about these people except Jared Kushner, but he's public, so he can suck my dick. No, he could suck my clit. There we go. Feminism. Um. <laughs> this is a fun episode already this is fun for me uh michael stern is a developer and he did he works at this company called jds they developed walker tower the architect ralph walker uh these are all the things i bragged about when i worked in real estate i pretended it was cool that i knew and all the brokers around me were like yeah bitch i know that too you're you majored in acting i was like good point um J- michael stern uh developed walker tower and he i i liked this guy a lot he was really cool uh, I, I he didn't die i'm sure he is still cool um but this was a rich mother fucker dude rich as shit but he really gave a shit about um restoring these old buildings and making them into these beautiful homes and i, I don't know i i i i drank his kool-aid i really liked that guy and uh but we would do all these parties we would have like a parties for the first couple units of the building that were open or the penthouse and we'd have these giant parties and fucking jared kushner was at one of these parties and i was like is that jared kushner and now mind you this is in 2011 okay this is way before that little cheeto turd face fucking freak fucking fuck fuck oh i hate him donald trump um before that was even a twinkle in the sky his presidency i know he's joked about it in decades previous but anyway i was like is that jared kushner and i went over and i talked to him and i was like hi jared kushner he's like oh hey christina i was like how are you doing jared kushner oh i'm good um my mommy says that i need to get um a stack of books to stand on because i'm really short and i talk like this that's an exaggeration but you get the idea and then we fucked no i'm just kidding (laughs) Oh my God. I just hate Jared Kushner. I hate that he is responsible for the opioid epidemic in this country. I'm turning into the liberal Alex Jones. Oh no. I fucking hate Jared Kushner. And I fucking hate that cunt Ivanka Trump. Is it Ivanka or Ivana? I don't even know. One of them's his wife. One of them's his kid. They're interchangeable to me. Oh, I hate Donald Trump. 
I hate that fucktard. And I'm going to say that word fucktard. It's not, I'm not trying to make fun of mentally retarded people. That's an insult to them. Oh my God. Donald Trump is the worst person. This is nothing new. But Jared Kushner sucks. I just, I remember meeting him and going, you suck, dude. Why are you married to that hot lady? Ugh. I think he's gay. But is that a nice thing to say? I mean, I'm not that, you know what? That's actually not nice to say. And I'm not going to have that edited out because that's what came out of my head. But that is not nice to, out. I don't think, I'm, I'm just, I don't know why I said that. But I actually, I, you know why? No, I do know why I said that because I actually thought, I'm like, is that guy gay? Like, I genuinely thought it. It wasn't like, because it's not an insult to be gay. I just truly thought he was gay. <laughs> but he's not. He's, he's not. Um, yeah, I just, I remember meeting him and I go, ugh. And I, so back then and now when Donald Trump announced that he was going to put Jared Kushner in charge of the opioid epidemic, I'm like, oh, motherfucker, no. Come on, man. Come on. And then you got the wife, Ivana or Ivanka. Again, I knew I was recording. Do I look up these facts? No, I don't care. One of them is his wife. One of them is his daughter. He treats them both the same. That's fucked up, dude. I'm going off, man. I am on a post-unisome sleeping rampage rage, and this is what it is. You're getting it now. Yeah, so I met Jared Kushner, and uh, he talked like this. He talked like Mr. Hanky the Christmas Pooh. God, South Park is the best show. Fucking Comedy Central has such a tight asshole around so many, like, comics. I know I, every comedian goes to pitch shows to Comedy Central, and they have a fucking not now this was a years ago like the stories i would hear and from my personal experiences with comedy central like they get really a little like tight uptight about ideas in a way that surprised me but then i watched south park i'm like this show is the holy grail of let's play with what we could say oh my god i really respect the shit of that show and it makes me go maybe comedy central doesn't have a stick up their ass because they're doing that but south park is like an institution anyway you ever, if, if you live in a major city, you might relate to this, but we're all hypocrites, right? We're all pieces of shit. We're all pieces of shit. You're a piece of shit. Dave's a piece of shit. I'm a piece of shit. She's a piece of shit. Your mom's a piece of shit. Don't fucking talk about my mom. Um, we're all, we can all be pieces of shit and that's great. Um, but we're uh, very, at my most, I was thinking about what am I the most hypocritical about? in my life because you know you girl trying to get better i'm reading books and i'm reading i'm not reading comment sections because i know you know you know you got to get the feedback from like a healthy place and um and i'm most hypocritical it's and it was very very highlighted for me this weekend um whenever i drive there's been many instances where i've had to drive in manhattan meaning i rent a car and then i drive out of the city uh, but sometimes before i turn, take the car back all like blast music and turn you know roll all the windows down and just fucking drive through manhattan and it like blows off steam for me i don't know why i, I love it i love driving but driving in manhattan man when i drive in manhattan i'm like all these pedestrians are fucking idiots fucking look up you're all on your phone get off your phone i'm gonna run you over and i don't give a shit i do have an anger problem i don't run anybody over but i i honk Ugh, it, this is not nice but i'll honk if they're like so but when I'm at a red light and then I get the green light to go in Manhattan, there'll be people looking at their phone, dilly-dallying out into the street in the middle of, right in front of my car and I get a green light and I, 
I don't, obviously I don't step on the gas because I'm going to run a person over and I got shit to do. I'm working on a lot of exciting projects. I don't want to go to jail. And you know, oh, I don't want to kill somebody. That's terrible. But it pisses me off so much that they're not paying attention and I will honk my horn. I will lay on that horn and scare the living fuck out of them. (laughs) And I know, and it's so joyful for me. It's really fun. Because I'm like, should have been paying attention, fuck face. Okay. I belong in New York. But then when I'm the pedestrian and that happens, I now look, I am very, I have my wits about me when I walk around the city. I will, I will walk and look at my phone at the same time, but that's because I've lived in this goddamn city for almost 15 fucking years. Okay. I'm a pro at it. I know what I'm doing. And, but I saw so never walk in front of a car when they have the green light. I always look at the lights. Always. I'm sure there has been one or two times where I haven't. Uh, but I really try to not do that because I don't want to get hit by a car. But then fucking, so when I'm in a car, I hate pedestrians. But when I'm in a, a pedestrian walking around New York City, I hate cars. And uh, my best friend, Melissa, was visiting me this weekend. Oh, what a weekend that was. And uh, and we were, I was walking out of my house um, to get in a, to go to a comedy club because I had a spot. She was walking to the train station to go back to Philly. And we're walking and she's like, you know, I really miss New York, um, you know, but Philly is really great. I love Philly. And then as we were going across the street, this car goes to make a left and he basically runs. He had a red light for like a minute at that point. He just ran it and he went to make a left turn to the street that we were crossing on. And I walked in the middle of his car because he was not speeding. He was just kind of slowly going. And I walked so that he couldn't drive any further because I'm a cunt. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing? And then he and then he honked at me and then I got startled. <laughs> and I was like, it doesn't feel good to be on this side of the car when that happens. But I got but did I did I say that? No, I got really mad at him. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and then I punched his car and I made a dent. And ooh, I punched his door and I yeah, he was driving a caddy and I made a dent in it. Oops. And it was one of those SUV Cadillacs, very nice car. And um and then he stops his car, like slams, he like slams on the brakes. First of all, he's going 10 miles an hour. You're being dramatic. Are you on your period, sir? Fucking smile and relax, okay? And uh, and he rolls down his window and he's like, you're a fucking bitch. You're a fucking bitch. And I looked at the dent that I just made in his car. It's going to cost him some money to fix. And I was like, yeah, that's fair. And, but did I, did I, I didn't. And then I said, and then he kept calling me a bitch. And I, then I got mad. And I was like, okay, I heard you the first time. And I accept that. You want to get your anger out. I don't know what kind of day you had. You don't know what kind of day. I had motherfucker. I actually, had a, actually hadn't slept all day. And it was like 8 p.m. Long story. Saturday Night Live after party. But long story. And fucking, oh boy. Uh, I looked at the dent and I was like, I felt bad. I was like, I shouldn't have punched your car. <laughs> but then he kept calling me a bitch. And then he kept holding up the other cars because he wouldn't go. Because he was so hell bent on yelling at me that I'm a bitch. And I was like, this is so cunty my mom does this sometimes when people like get pissed at her when she's driving she i do i was just like thank you so much thank you so much and oh that's so obnoxious actually when my mom does it she doesn't do it as obnoxious she'll just wave at them like hi like truly innocent like a little angel like an angel of a woman because she is i'm like a bitch i'm like oh my god thank you it's not cute i'm not doing myself any favors I'm going to be single forever. <laughs> and that's okay because I'm having fun. But uh, yeah, so I'm a hypocrite when it comes to being in a car in a major city and then being a pedestrian in a major city. 
whatever the one I'm in, whatever position I'm currently in is the right one. <laughs> and you know what? Fuck it. Yeah, I went to the Saturday Night Live after party. Um, it was at a club, a comedy club that I work at. So I got an invite and I thought that it was the after party. So I got there at 2 a.m. Who hosted? Oh, Harry Styles hosted. Yo, mama. Harry Styles is sexy. I so did not want to be attracted to him. Because I was like, when you rank him? That's probably like what older people than me said when I was making out with my Justin Timberlake poster. And I was like, in sync till the day I die, cunts. In sync till the day I die. But uh, yeah, I was like, One Direction's kind of corny. Even though I've never given him a chance. I'm just making fun of that's how That's how time works. When you're the teen... And you like the band, it's cool. But then when you get older and then you look at teens who like bands, you're like, fucking losers. Who's that? Lame. But they're actually really good. And Harry Styles, I was like, okay, cool. He's British. That's kind of fun. I really want to date a guy with an accent. That would just be... It's a stereotype, I know. But I, I, it's really sexy. But like a, an, an English accent, you know? Maybe an Australian one on a guy. I don't know. But anyway, uh, I was at the party. Harry Styles hosted. We watched SNL. It was really fun. I love watching SNL live. I'm obsessed with SNL. And um, Harry Styles was like, had his nails painted and had like femme clothing on. And I was like, who is this stallion of a sexually confident man? Oh my God. Harry Styles can get it. Yo, sit on my face, Harry Styles. I'll do whatever you want. I'll, I'll do all of it. You can do it. Put it in anywhere. You can put it in anywhere. That guy is so hot. So anyway, uh, I was like, damn, I did not expect to be this sexually attracted. And he was really good because he wasn't trying to be funny. That's, that's, that's when you're funny. And fucking we get to this, the club that the after party was at. And I was so excited. And <clears throat> no one was there except the staff, who I know well. And I was like, wait, why isn't anybody here? And they're like, they'll be here later. And so I go downstairs to the venue and all the comics are downstairs smoking weed, hotboxing the shit out of ourselves. And it was amazing. I got the highest I had been in a very while, very long while. And then I realized that it was the after after party. And I was like, oh, God damn it. Those don't start until 4 a.m. <laughs> so we were there all night because of my, like Justin Silver was there. Me and Melissa went. <clears throat> Shane Gillis was there. He had gotten fired from SNL. So I was like, yo, man, why are you here? <laughs> that was kind of funny. That, yo, Shane Gillis, he got fired for having things said about him on podcasts that were, that were uh, the racial slurs. They were, they were racial slurs. And uh, I, that guy, he did end up doing stand up on my, uh, my show, We're Not Banging with Justin. And he had talked, cause I want, I was like, I want to see how he handles this on stage. Like that was really looking forward to seeing like, what is he going to say? Uh, and oh god his stand up is really funny his stand up is really fucking funny and look I don't when a comic is talking on a podcast I don't I don't know I don't even know how what to think of that because when I, I've said things on podcasts Corinne and I have said things on our podcast and they've been they people have gotten very offended by them and if somebody gets a, here's my thing I can only speak for me I will never speak for you shouldn't I, well I have before but I'm gonna start I'm gonna stop doing that <laughs> Whatever you think someone says on a podcast, you, you have the right to think it. I don't care. If you get offended by something that I said on a podcast, I, that's, I want to know and I want you to tell me and I, and I want to take it into consideration. I, I truly do. That, but that's my stance. But if the comic don't give a fuck, the comic don't give a fuck. Don't come bitching to me about it. I'm not that comic. 
But if I say something on a podcast, this is my this is my philosophy because I've actually been thinking about it a lot. Uh, that really offends somebody. I want I want to know. I really do want to know because I am curious about the human mind, and I'm curious. Stand-up comedy is all, we are conductors trying to get a specific reaction out of a group of people. And when the reaction that we get is not the one, when, sometimes the reaction we get surprises us. Sometimes it doesn't surprise us. Sometimes it's what we wanted. Sometimes it takes us off guard, Some whatever. So I, it's almost like we study how people react to the things that come out of our mouths. That's basically stand-up comedy. Ideally, you know, in my stand-up, uh, where I want to go with my personal stand-up is I want to make you think and I want to make you laugh about things and I want to make you feel less alone. That That's what makes me feel good to make an audience feel, right? On a podcast, it's weird because you're just talking and you forget there's a microphone. You truly do. You forget there's a mic. And look, I already be talking for 35 minutes and 58 seconds. God damn. I thought it was been five minutes so far. Like I, I it, and it's it's fun, but it, this is all an experiment. So if I say some fucked up shit, and and the, here's how I know what I said was fucked up. This has not happened to me yet, actually. I don't think it has. Corinna said some stuff on guys we fucked up. People got upset about, and uh, and I read the email. I liked reading the emails because I'm like, how are people interpreting these things that we're saying? Because we could mean them in one way, but that's not how you take them because you bring a very specific you you listening to me right now. You are the only human being on the planet that brings your specific life experiences from the day you were fucking born until this very moment where you got your headphones in, you're trying to pretend you're working on your spreadsheets, or you're driving. Up until this point, all, all of those seconds that you've lived so far on this planet contribute to how you react to what I'm saying, you know? And so it's almost like it's a study for me. And so I'm really fascinated by people reacting to other things. I get why somebody was mad at what... Shane Gillis had said on the podcast and I'm not I ain't, re, I ain't repeating that word um and yeah I get it but I don't I don't feel comfortable at all saying well this is what should happen you know the firing I don't I I understand why and I understand why not it's just a weird thing but all I want to say about that is like if I say something that is really that hurts one of your feelings I, I'm curious for you to tell me if you're interested, if you are if you so choose, if you have the energy. And then it's my job to go, okay, how seriously do I want to take this feedback? Not how seriously do they does this person mean it that their feelings actually get hurt. That's undeniable. It, your feelings are your fucking feelings. But as all therapists say, feelings aren't facts. That's so annoying, but it's true. Uh, and then it's my duty to go, okay, why was this person upset? Okay, so can I can I understand why, blah, blah, blah. Do I, and now how do I feel about why they were upset you know what i mean because some motherfuckers take shit personally when fucking relax it's like it's not all about you um and but i don't think racial slurs that that and don't worry if you're a non-white person and you're like oh fuck don't say something weird i'm not going to i'm not i'm not gonna say racial slur but uh but those you can't really misinterpret because that's a one you know i don't know that but i'm i'm a whitey I'm a whitey and I don't say racial slurs because whitey shouldn't do that. White people just stop saying it. If you are saying it, it's not cool. I dated a guy that said a racial slur once and he was white and I was like, oh, and this is my reaction. I really like this guy. And I was, he said it and he was like, he, and I was like, it was just random. There was no joke. It doesn't even matter if there was a joke. That's just weird. Don't be racist, dude. Like, 
I know that white, like white people can act racially insensitive and, and maybe they truly don't realize that they are. And that is white, like white privilege to my understanding is like not even having to fucking think about being white. And for the first time, white people are forced to think about being white because they're getting it thrown back in their face for the shit they've said. And they're like, wah, wah, wah. And then every uh, every other person of color is like, yeah, how's it feel, piece of shit? <laughs> so, you know, it's a little refre- reflective moment for a lot of white people. Don't say a racial slur. Just, just, just don't. Just don't. But at the same time, uh, I'm not going to ever tell a comedian what to do and I'm not going to ever tell uh, you how to react. But I will say... If you're curious, I do care if I offend people. I do. And I don't think that's weak. Some comics will think that that's weak of me. <laughs> but I care. I care what people think. I don't want to do comedy to hurt people's feelings. That's not my goal. That's like the one, that's like my kryptonite. I'm a people pleaser, motherfuckers. If I hurt somebody's feelings, that's me losing the thing, the only thing I wanted to fucking do. <clears throat> Boy, I went on a rant, didn't I? Where was I? Went to the SNL party. Oh, oh yeah, Shane Gillis was at the party. And uh, <laughs> and so it was the after-after party and not the after party. So we're like, oh God, I got like two more hours before anybody even shows up to this. <laughs> but it was so fun. I just hung out with all my comic friends and Melissa and um, it was really cool. And and then about, I was talking to one comedian and she was like, oh, dude, this is, I'm gonna go home. We've just been sitting here smoking weed and there's like no one here and I'm gonna go. And I'm like, and it was about, it was approximately 3.45 a.m. And I said, comedian gal, that's what I call her. I was like, I've been to these after parties before. Trust when I say in approximately 15 minutes, you won't be able to move in this place. And she was like, what? And then 15 minutes later, lo and behold, the whole cast was there. Fucking Che was there. It was just so fun. It was so fucking fun. And there was there was a great DJ playing amazing music. And we were dancing all night it was just so fun and then i was so amped over how fun that night was melissa and i came home at 6 30 in the morning and i got there and oh i was triggered i was triggered by tiffany haddish it's a long story that i'm not going to go into i know i'm teasing it well maybe one day i'll tell it but it's about another person that i will never that just it somebody hurt me hurt my heart really bad like just really uh you know when you see something right in front of your face and it just it feels like a thousand knives are going into your stomach. Well, I had an experience like that that involved Tiffany Haddish. <laughs> and it wasn't Tiffany Haddish's fault at all. She did nothing wrong. But she, I attach her to that memory. I should attach the other person to that memory. But I attach Tiffany Haddish to it because that's, that's just like I don't ever see her. And she was at the party. <laughs> and it was like we were. It was like 5 a.m. And I wanted to stay until 6. I was like had it in my head. I'm like, I'm going to leave at 6.30. And, uh, and then I go to Justin. I was like... Because Justin knows the story. I was like, Justin, is that fucking Tiffany Haddish? And he goes, yeah. And I like ran outside and I just had to have a, I just had to feel my feelings. Yo, I'm proud of myself. I ran outside to feel my feelings with the understanding that Tiffany didn't do shit. She's a fucking hilarious, hardworking motherfucker. Like she didn't do shit. And, uh, and she didn't know the thing. But anyway, I just, I was like, okay. And he was like, are you okay? Are you okay? I'm like, I'm good. I just need to go outside and feel my feelings real quick. Okay. I don't know if you would call that a psychological trigger. Maybe you would, but it, it felt like I had a little mini panic attack that was like a little baby, like a mini muffin of a panic attack. And But as I was having it, I wasn't upset with myself, which I usually do get upset with myself for like acting that way. Like, especially if I have a panic attack in public, it's so embarrassing because you feel like you're going to die. If, you, if you're not familiar with having a panic attack, it truly feels like you're about to die in five 
four, three. It's like someone's got about to press a button and like their thumbs hovering over the 911 button, but it said the 911 button, it's your death. Ooh, good callback, Christina. Thank you. Morbid, but okay. Um, and I went outside to feel my feelings real quick, had a little cigarette. And uh, Melissa came out and she's like, dude, are you okay? And she, she knew the story. And I was like, hey, I'm fine. I just need to feel my feelings and I'm going to go back in there and have a good time. But when I saw her, I wanted to claw her eyeballs out. And that, and, but th- so that's why I was panicking because I'm like, Christina, you're mad at another woman who didn't do anything. And then I got mad at myself for doing that. It's like this fucking spiral. If, if you are prone to having panic attacks that are situational, I don't, I've actually fortunate that I've never experienced a panic attack completely out of nowhere. Um, all my panic attacks are situational because your girl can't handle her feelings. Well, I can now actually. Your girl wasn't used to handling her feelings. I'm trying to talk more positively about myself. <laughs> um, and yeah, but it was a very visceral reaction. It was crazy. I'm not like, yeah, I guess you can call that a trigger because my whole body felt like it was on fire. And I had to go outside, feel my feelings, smoke a cigarette, talk about it for a second. And then um, my friend, other girl came out, this really sweet girl, Becky. And um, oh no, this other girl, I forget her name, whatever. And um, I was just talking about, she knew the other person involved in the incident that was the one who did something not nice. And and I was just kind of venting and then I got it out. And then I went back in and partied and danced and it was really fun. So I was like, wow, girl, good for you. That was a little mini exorcism of a panic attack. Anyway, the SNL party was fun. Jared Kushner is a turd. I have the palate of a five-year-old. And I, I, I want to bring this up to my therapist because there's something, and if you guys, uh, if you guys, if anybody listening is a psychologist or some kind of person who would know an answer to this, but I have a hunch that my eating habits right now currently, and that I've, de- I've kind of developed this pattern with eating the past I would say eight months where I remember being a kid always wanting to eat late at night I don't know why I did weird shit when I was a kid and I had weird shit I had to see terrible things when I was a child um and I had to hear terrible things as a kid uh between my parents my parents and my brother like just and it and it was bad it was bad I don't really want to air it out right now but um it wasn't good and there was no like sexual assault or anything but it was just like screaming and throwing objects that were not the very dangerous objects to throw at other people and me seeing this as a child and i don't know why but i started eating things weird and if you uh are a person that specializes in childhood i don't know if you could lend an answer to this the voices in our heads podcast at gmail.com um i'm just trying to outsource my therapy guys but I remember one of the things I started doing was I started eating these craft cheese, American cheese slices, which are probably just like pig brains just mushed into a thing. Delicious, but it's like not good for you. American cheese is overly processed even beyond the way cheese is normally processed. But I would eat when I was a kid and I would say, what's the age range? I would say between four years old and let's say six, six or seven. I would eat craft slices of cheese, like slice of craft American cheese. And like eat them in chunks and not chew them. I would just swallow it, like bite a chunk of this little square of cheese off and swallow it whole. I don't know why, but I did. And no one was around to tell me not to do that. So I was like, fuck you, I'm eating this chunks of cheese and I'm I'm eating them whole. And it fucked up my digestion. And I would eat popcorn almost every day. And I would take this, I've heard other people do, but it was 
not like an OCD thing, but I would um, I would eat the popcorn. I would take the fluffy part, the ball of the popcorn, and then would have like the cur- like the the tougher. <laughs> not doing a good job describing this, but in in most pieces of popcorn, there's a fluffy ball part of it. I would bite off everything except the fluffy ball, and I would hoard them in my hand. And then when I would get a whole handful of just the fluffy ball parts of the popcorn, I would shove them in my face violently. And I got a lot of joy out of that. I don't know why. But this past six months, I've just been eating. I've been eating what I've been eating at two in the morning. And it it, it, all, it feels like I can't stop. It truly feels like I can't stop. And I have the palate of a child. So I'll get up. I'll go to bed and not actually fall asleep yet. And then I'll be like, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. And the second I get the I'm hungry in my in my brain, I can't not eat. So I'll get out of bed. I'll make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Sometimes I'll eat it in bed. Well, I don't anymore. I don't eat in bed anymore. I stopped that because I'm no longer as depressed. So yay, progress. But I would go upstairs, eat a PB&J. And yes, I've, I'm high during this. But when I smoke, I don't get the munchie. Like I, it, it's not, it does nothing to do with the weed. It has everything to do with, for whatever reason, I need to stuff my face with children's food at two in the morning. I'm talking mac and cheese. Kraft mac, no. Well, I'm a grown ass woman now, so I buy Annie's Organic. <laughs> Mac and cheese, but okay, I make a thing of mac and cheese and then I'll make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I won't eat the whole thing of mac and cheese. I'll eat half. I'm not a fucking monster. Relax. And then I'll eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or if I bought a box of Uncrustables, I'll eat half of those because I'm like, they're many. And when, oh, when I go to Trader Joe's, forget about it. Forget about it. I'll go to Trader Joe's and buy all these mini ice cream cones and mini ice cream sandwiches. They have mini brownie a brownie ice cream sandwich with espresso chip ice cream are you fucking kidding me and they're mini so i eat five of them because i'm like well now it's like i had a whole one and oops the box is gone the first day after i go to trader joe's that night i'm ravaging my kitchen and ravaging is exactly the word used for what i do but i eat i'm doing this thing where i can't stop eating late at night and I do eat during the day, but it's interesting. I don't know. For some reason, my gut is telling me, I'm, my gut is telling me that this has something to do with my childhood. And here's something really exciting, guys. And I'm going to end on this tip. I'm going to end on this, this life tip. Um, I've been meditating a lot lately. And it's really, it's, um, I feel like I'm honing in on my gut instinct for the first time in my life. I really do. Because I always felt like I was a little psychic. But I think what that really means is I just, I have, I was like, I think I have a gut instinct. <laughs> Just don't ignore, I ignored it. And so like the other day, when I say the other day, I mean yesterday, I was doing this voice, I got this voiceover job for MTV. I, I, I won't say the show it's called, but I'm the voice of the show. It's a reality show and I'm the voice. And I was like, they hired me for it. And I was like, I don't have voiceover experience of that nature. And when I got the job, I was like, oh my God. Oh, are you sure? Okay. I'll try. And they shipped me like a mini voiceover booth thing that I got to set up in my house, like all this shit. And I Skyped them in and I do the voiceover thing. And they're, they're, you know, with me giving me notes. And I was so proud of myself that I got this job. And then, um, the last time I recorded with them was a week ago. And I, and whatever reason, uh, two days ago, I woke up and I go, I got fired from that job. And it was, I wasn't upset. Cause I was like, honestly, I don't have that much experience with this type of voice, the voiceover for the voice of a show that's a pro voiceover actor, you know? I'm just trying to do a cartoon voice on Big Mouth, you know? I'm, I mean, I, but I was so excited that I got that gig because I was like, this is a really good into the voiceover world and I've always wanted to be in. It's a very niche community. But this, I got fired and I knew I got fired, but it was very calm. 
And that's how I knew it was a gut feeling. Cause I was like, oh, you got fired from this. And it's just, I, I was just like, okay. And then I got the call two days later. C- <laughs> CAA was like, so they're gonna go with something. I'm like, I got fired, it's fine. Just tell me. First of all, when Hollywood, can we change this? I don't know if anybody's listening in Hollywood, but when an actor gets fired or you, you have to deliver bad news, we're not children, okay? Well, maybe actors are. Stand-up comedians, we're not children. Fucking be honest with me. If it sucked, you can say it sucked. You can give me no, like it just, it truly doesn't hurt my feelings. As sensitive of a soul as I am, when it comes to my work, I want you to criticize me. I want the criticism. And then it's up to me to decide whether I should factor that in or not. But a lot of times it's worth considering. Okay, because this is how we get better as people. This is what I'm talking about, people. This is why I want you to be listening to the voices in our head. This is what I'm trying to instill in all of y'all, all y'all. Let's just try and be better. Let's enjoy the time on this earth before we die. And kudos to you for not killing yourselves. But like, let's make the most out of this. Take your, you can, you can make up your own reality in your head. Like you can, you can change your own reality. You're the creator of your destiny. All right, motherfuckers. So, and I think I really encourage everybody to, if you have a job, have a good fucking attitude about it, even if you don't like that job and then make changes to make, to get a job you like. But part of having a good attitude is understanding what you do wrong and not in a cunty way. Like, well, what the fuck did I do? Not in a defensive way. Cause that's how I was. (laughs) I don't know if you were that way, but I was. But it really, once you can get on the good side of receiving feedback, the world opens up. And so I had this gut instinct that I was fired. Got the call from CAA. I was like, well, so I'm like, I'm fired. You can just tell me. It's fine. I, but I, what I want to know is what I, I felt in my gut that I wasn't doing a good job in this, but I couldn't, I'm so new to the voiceover world that I'm just not sure what I was doing wrong. And, you know, I'm going to do things like I really want to re-enroll in like a voiceover class and stuff. And I'll do that stuff. Uh, but it would really be helpful if I got the feedback. And they're like, well, they said that they were renaming the show, this show. And so they wanted to go with the narrator from the other, the version that they did in the other country. I'm like, that show was already renamed that because I already did voiceover the, for the first three episodes. And I was calling the show that. So you got caught red-handed in a lie. Not the person from CIA, but the people. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. Just tell me what I did wrong. I just, I don't like the ass kissiness of Hollywood um, because ass kissing is just as, it feels, honestly, it feels just as gross as someone saying you're a sack of shit. Because when you're getting, when you're being given a compliment that just, there's either no merit or it's just overly exaggerated and you didn't earn it. It doesn't feel good. Like, and that's why I debated like, like one of the reasons I, I've been talking about like posting photos of my body and like hot photos of me on Instagram. One of the things I don't like about it, and I'm not like mad at the people, but it's like when people are like, oh my God, you're like perfection. I get, I get the sentiment, but like maybe not, that's not the word, but like what, what's an example of like a, like a, a hyperbolic compliment? It's, it's, it's just, come on, that's not true. Like just don't, I don't know. I don't know. I like when people put thought into a comment on Instagram. I know that's asking, that is 100% asking way too much of people. But it bugs me. Because like, you go go on any Kardashian's Instagram and go to their comment section. It's actually kind of fun. A little fun activity. Look, go to field trip, kids. But then you'll see these girls, like, you're like the perf- most perfection. Like, oh my God, you're like my mom. You're like perfect. You're like perfect. Like, just ask, kissy. I'm like, shut the fuck up. 
Because if you think that about a Kardashian, what do you actually think about a piece of art that moves you one day? What are you going to say about that? You already used all your most intense words. Anyway, uh, I want to end. So I've been, my intuition has been, um, I've been, my gut feeling has been, I don't know, I've been more connected with it lately. And I do this meditation that I want to share with you guys and then I'm going to go, okay? All good things must come to an end. Don't kill yourself because it's going to be a really fun next episode next week. Um, I do this meditation and I don't know if it's specific because I, 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 take I, I take advantage of the energy in New York City. I live in Manhattan. It's, it, the energy here is, is oh my God, it, it's, it's palpable. It's visceral. When I, whenever I drive back to the city and I see the skyline, I get this feeling in my gut. Like just, I'm just obsessed with New York. Um, and it's fucking exhausting. But um, it's a great place to live. And so one of these things that I kind of like made it up um, from a couple other meditative uh, exercises that I learned along the way. So what I do is at night, I'll lay down on a yoga mat or just flat on my floor. And I'll just breathe, just take a couple deep breaths in and out, right? And I'll think of all of the energy, all of the positive, beautiful, amazing energy that is around me on the island of Manhattan right this very second. So there are somewhat six or seven million people on the island of Manhattan. So on this island right now, as I'm telling you this, as I'm talking to you, as you are listening to this, whether you listen to this the day it comes out or a, a, a week later, there are so many fucking people on the island of Manhattan that I guarantee you, as I'm saying this, human beings are being born, okay? Human being, somebody's propo getting proposed to. Million, hundreds of people are falling in love right this very second in the island of Manhattan. People are being born. People are falling in love. People, somebody just got the part of their dreams. They moved here from somewhere at Bodunk fucking Missouri, whatever the fuck, no offense, and they worked their ass off and they've, they've starved themselves and ate ramen noodles for eight, eight years and they just got the part on Broadway that they've wanted their whole lives and they're like, people are experiencing the most intense amounts of joy and the most beautiful parts of, of their lives right here on this island right now. And I think of all of that. I think of all the people looking at, a, a man looking at a baby coming out of his wife and going, oh my God, that's my daughter and becoming a father for the first time people walking down the aisle i mean it's a tuesday but it's manhattan so maybe well, people at a courthouse they're getting married people that just got their chemo treatment done and they found out that their cancer has gone away and they get to call their family members and tell them that like the most amazing moments are happening on this island right now and i just think about that i sit and i breathe and i think about that i close my eyes and i think about all the beauty that is happening right here and i imagine the whole, all of that energy is vibrating into tiny little white balls and they all go up into the sky at the same time. Just stay with me, okay? And they all go to this top of the Empire State Building, the top of the needle of the Empire State Building and they create this ball of white light, okay? All of these beautiful moments happening right now come together to this ball of white light and, they, and this ball of white light travels down the street to my apartment, okay? And in your case, it's your apartment, wherever you live. And, and, I, and I do this like, it's like, a, it's a, this is the exercise that I do. I, I imagine this ball of white light entering the top of my skull. And I imagine this ball very slowly going down through my head, through my neck, behind, behind my eyeballs, down through my neck, through my, my chest, my pecs, my pectorals, and then it splits in half and it goes down each arm and then it comes back together and it keeps making its way down my body. When I first started doing it, um, an exercise of this nature like there's like 
I was told like imagine a ball of of um like mercury uh going down your whole body and it, it it would take me upwards of an hour to do it without getting distracted because I kept getting distracted but I take this giant ball of energy and I slowly move it down my body and I've been doing this enough times that I can get it down my whole body in about 15 to 20 minutes and as as I feel I feel this ball of light in my body and the parts of my body that it's currently in start to relax it's fucking crazy guys it is the most relaxing invigorating meditation and then I go to bed so if that's something that interests you, you should try it. Hey, did you have fun today, kids? I hope so. Don't kill yourself. Jared Kushner's a turd. And tell me if I'm if me eating, uh, if me eating peanut butter and jelly at two in the morning is to deal with my childhood trauma. I don't know, uh, but I'm open to your thoughts. And also, World War II sucked. Guys, I love you. I'll talk to you next Wednesday. Traveling